So my scramble group pulls up to the 17th green at Bayou Club this weekend. One shot back. We need a 25-footer from Logan Lenz, who's shit-faced. He has no chance of making this putt. And he stands over it, swaying like crazy. And I look at him, I'm like, do you need me to read that? And he just goes, hmm. I'm like, what the fuck just came out of your mouth, Logan? Holy shit. He's like, I'm in my own head. And he made the putt. He sunk it. We still lost on the last hole, but fuck it. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Screen mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Dude, what a fucking weekend we had. For sure. What a party. Oh my god, I don't remember half of it, but that was. A weekend for the ages. We'll be talking about that one for a while. If you or anybody didn't know, we were at Spencer's bachelor party this last weekend down in uh, Tampa, Florida. We made over to Clearwater. We were out at the Hard Rock Casino gambling responsibly like absolute degenerates. Um, we went out in St. Petersburg. It was all over the place. Like I, I don't remember getting home from St. Petersburg. It was like an hour. I just had an Uber receipt for like 80 bucks. That was a treat. Uh, overall, killer weekend. Such a blast. Like, RK was there. We had a fucking party. Um, and inconsequentially, these things have nothing to do with each other. I'm not drinking for the next two weeks. I'm going cold turkey for two weeks, which is a pretty big feat for me, if you know me. Um, that's a lot. So I'm going to tough it out. But uh, Spencer, what, how was your week? What was your weekend like? Well, um, I wish I could tell you. No, I'm just kidding. It was a great time. We There was a few different stories where I believe one of the nights we go out to uh, a bar and we found someone in an alley, I think. Me. Mitchell. <laughs> I think I, I don't remember, but I guess I was in a random alley. Random alley, one slice of pizza in his hand. So far gone. Uh, just all around great weekend. We actually, unfortunately, canceled golf the second day. Um, we got there Thursday, hit up the casino, all killed at the casino until the very end, which is always an unfortunate scenario. Um, I went all in and got plowed. I got fucking scraped in the last hour. I got up about, I walked in with about a grand, got up about 500, lost it all in like the last hour. And that had nothing to do with the amount of liquor I had consumed, like not, none at all. Like I wasn't pressing I wasn't like upping and, and doubling down on splitting fucking random sevens. Like I was trying to play the book, but I just got scraped. So 
that the blackjack table will do you dirty like that. You never know. Yeah, they didn't have live craps in Florida, which was a real bummer. Super bummer. Super but. bummer. By the way, uh, this is Big Drive Energy, sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Um, I'm Big Drive Mitch. I'm here with my brother, Big Drive Spence. Hey. Hey, what up? Uh, we are both on the wagon currently. We're not drinking right now. I'm drinking a water. Spencer's drinking a coffee. And if you know either of us, that's really not our style. So um, we're going to try to bring the energy, the so big sober energy. <laughs> <laughs> big sober energy in this podcast. We've had a few where we were probably too drunk. We've so we're a, just evening it out. Yeah, we're, just, we're, we're just tipping the scales back to... Back to the good drunk by being sober, <laughs> which we'd probably have to do. I believe this is episode 78, so we're going to need a lot more of these, but we don't plan on doing this a ton. So enjoy us sober. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we've got some interesting Twitter action going on between a few PGA Tour players, Grayson Murray, Kevin Na, Colt Nose hopped in on it. Um, <clears throat> we, there's a, now a dead body on Twitter, and he's known <laughs> as Grayson Murray. Uh, and we also got talking a little bit about the American Express. Of course, we'll give you our big bet energy picks for this weekend. Uh, the TGA Tour heads back to California, and we're also going to do a recap of the Sony Open last week, the second half of the back-to-back in Hawaii, which was incredible. Unbelievable finish. Holy uh, shit. Yeah. Matsuyama, the former Masters champ. Let's just hop right into it. Yeah. Okay, so Hideki Matsuyama, for those of you who didn't see started the back nine, started his back nine, five shots back of the lead, proceeds to tie it um, on 18 to get into a playoff, goes to a playoff. Uh, he has 277 out on a par five and hits this Mongo balls, just balls the size of church bells, three wood from 277 to like three feet. And it's a high cut too, which is insane. Like, you saw his ball speed on that's like, 167, 168. That is pretty close to, like, what an average drive is off of a tee for a PGA Tour player. So, he hit it dead nuts right in the center of the face. This big high cut. And it landed so soft, too, which was the most impressive part. Um, who knows what the spin rate, blah, 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 was on it. But uh, just unbelievable finish. And... So he's got three wins in his last like 18 starts or like 19 starts, I want to say. So that's a pretty good win percentage. Does that include the Masters from last year? I think that's probably like I think that's like starting at the Masters till now. Um, But yeah, he he's low key uh, one of the best players in the world. And I mean, maybe it's just because of the part of the world we live in. But I feel like he's not as well talked about over here as he is over in his homeland um, across the Pacific. But he is, he's a baller, dude. He's one of the best ball strikers in the world. When he gets the putter going, that's when he wins. Like, his ball striking week in, week out is probably as good as it gets. And the other thing I was talking, who's, I was talking to one of my buddies, and he goes, you feel like, or was it you? You feel like uh, Matsuyama's like 33 or 34 years old, and he's 29. Like, he, it feels like he's been out there for forever because he's been around so long. But he's only 29 years old, dude. And I I mean, we can get into this for just a second. What do you think is, like, peak golf age for a PGA Tour pro? I think you're probably looking at, like, the 26 to 28 range. I think even though golf's not But a I got to chime in real quick. Like, right. there's been guys that have peaked at 34, you know? Like, there's so—and I guess there's really no right answer. 
because there is guys like Spencer said that like Jordan Spieth, he was 25 or 26, whatever, when he got stupid hot. And then there's certain guys like Jimmy Walker. He didn't even make it on the PGA Tour until he was like 32. And now he's won a major. He's won multiple PGA Tour events. He's living high off the hog. Like, so you think it's in the mid to late 20s? I think that, I think prime, like, they're not, like, the 22, 23, they get on tour, get their feet wet, but then they have that three to four years to really figure out what that tour life is like. And then they get to that 26, 27 range. And it's like they've played all they've played all these courses multiple times now because we've seen it throughout the PGA Tour and golf in general. The more guys see Augusta and the more guys see these courses that they play every single year, the more comfortable they get on them. And then they have a history there. And once they have a history there, you know, we've heard the term horses for courses. And that's one of the biggest things that factors into both of our research and pretty much anybody's research in the world when you're talking about betting on golf is Let's find a guy that plays well here. What what does this course suit his? Does this course suit his strengths? Because if you look at guys on PGA Tour, there's very few, if not any, the guys that'll win multiple times in a row, or or two in a row, or be top five for two or three in a row tournaments. But the, you look at their stats, and we're not you know we're not big stats guys. We're not stats nerds over here. But when you look at their stats, they're pretty like, telling there's one or two things that they're just horrible at. Yeah. And if they fix that for a weekend, for two weekends in exactly. a row, for a stretch, they're good. But, like, even guys like John Rahm, you know, he's a great driver of the golf ball, may not always have the short game as as up as high as, like, and he's still world number one. Yeah. So these guys but are But then there's not, weeks when he's dialed with it and he wins by a mile. Exactly. And so there, there's guys all over tour that they have one or two things that they need to work on and they need to get better at stats-wise, relative to the best golfers in the entire world but once they fix those things usually the other part of their game is still as good as it always is on tour yeah they're not your average golfer where you're like oh i putted really well today but i just couldn't hit it like they have if they've got it all they've got it all like that's how good they are and like I'm, I'm gonna shamelessly plug my my pick here um but i called kevin kisner to top 10 this week in hawaii which he did he finished t- uh third um because he, one of the main things he lacks is distance. And honestly, that this day and age, it, it, it does matter. There is certain courses on tour where you legitimately cannot su- succeed without distance. And so when he goes over to Hualalai, no, not Hualalai, uh, what is that place called? Wiley? Yes, Hualalai is where they play the um, Champions Tour event, but... When he goes over there, that's kind of a course that's more built for him. Uh, so he's, he played well there. Did you actually see that on Instagram? or No, it was on Twitter. Somebody tweeted at Kisner, and they go, congrats on your top 10 once every four months at Kevin Kisner, and he just replies with a middle finger emoji. <laughs> like, what? dude, he's undefeated on Twitter. He's so good. Yeah. And Instagram. Before we get into more of that Twitter talk, because there was some juicy, juicy-ass tweets from this week, um, so I got a que- I got a little trivia question for you on that. You mentioned Hideki Matsuyama won the Sony Open, that three wood that he hit. Okay, this is this is a stat from Lou Stagner. Who, if you guys like golf and you have Twitter, you got to follow this guy. He's at Lou L O U S T A G N E R. All right, so he he goes. He, well, he's basically an analytics guy for golf. Like he breaks down all the shots, all the numbers, all the shit you don't think about. Yeah, and if you're trying to like up your game or 
enjoy golf more because he puts into perspective a lot of the stats we get and that we talk about on this podcast are from this guy. He finds the weirdest stats. He finds the most important stats and really just kind of tells people like, hey, you as a 12 handicap, 14 handicap are not as good as you think you are. And you shouldn't hit shots as close as you think you should every single time. And so Hideki Matsuyama's three wood was from between 275 and 280 yards out in the fairway. From 2004 to 2021, there were 27,018 shots from that distance in the fairway. How many of those 27,018 shots do you think were hit to 36 inches or less? I think I saw, wasn't it, in like the 20s? 29. Yeah. Point zero zero one percent <laughs> and, that- and we're not even talking just a fucking Thursday afternoon. Yeah, exactly. This isn't a playoff to just bury someone <laughs> and take the title right out from under his shoes. Yeah, that's... But when you've been in big spots like that, that's how you can respond. Who who was he playing in the playoff? Russell Henley. Ru- oh, yeah. Okay, Russell Henley. Um, lo- we don't remember the losers for everybody out there, so you either win or you don't get talked about. Uh, and R- Russell Henley's actually... Uh, he's kind of weird because he pops up once every few years and competes for some reason, but... Generally speaking, he hasn't played very well in the last five to six years. Ever since Nike was making golf shit, he really hasn't done anything. Uh, but congrats to him on the second place place finish. Um, shout out to me for that Kevin Kisner pick coming in third, well, talking and, shit on Twitter. And this, this tournament was kind of interesting because there wasn't a ton of big names in it, but there was a lot of those guys that we've kind of forgotten about rounding out the top ten, guys like... Uh, Lucas Glover, Keith Mitchell, Matt Kuchar, uh, Ryan Palmer, Keegan Bradley played a little better last year. So a lot of guys that kind of haven't played that well, they go to Sony and they finish with the top 10 and a good paycheck. Yeah, that's how that field kind of works. They don't really get very many big names, which shockingly enough, we'll get into it. But uh, this upcoming week at the um, American Express, it is the most stacked field they've had there since 2005. Like, they haven't had this many players in, like, the top 50 in the world play in this tournament in, like, 17 years. So, um, it's going to be an electric one this upcoming weekend. So, are we going to uh, quick quick talk about the, the Twitter beef that we got going on between uh, Grayson Murray and Kevin Knock? Because who doesn't love a good golf Twitter beef? Oh, yeah. So, it all starts out with Grayson Murray. And... He just absolutely decides to... Like, from the clouds. Yeah, from nowhere, decides to go in on poor Kevin Na, which we've talked about before. He's not probably not our favorite player on tour, um, but he's a guy that's just... He's just that guy you don't want to get paired with. Yeah. And by the sounds of it, Grayson Murray 100% agreed with us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, we we don't like slow play. Yeah. Not very many people like slow play, and the people that usually speak out the most about it are usually the ones that are the culprits. That's what's hilarious about slow play is people like to complain about other people being slow when in reality they're the fucking slow ones. Yeah. It's like smelling your own fart a little bit. Like when you step over your shot, you want to take all the time in the world. You know, you're, you're really like worried about it. You really care. But then somebody else is hitting and you don't give a shit. Like, why would you care about their shot? You know what I mean? You got to bring that same energy on both sides of it. You, you can't, like 
your own slow play and not like somebody else's slow play. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's an apples to apples comparison here. If it, you're slow, you can't complain about being slow, and if you're fast, you Our buddy Sean Fisher is the biggest culprit of that. He dances around putts like a baby deer. Like pre- like I don't, I can't even put it into words. He basically is like a cat like digging his claws into the green until he somehow gets his footing comfortable enough. And then he finally hits the putt after like 30 seconds. And then he's talking shit to me about being slow, which I'm actually not slow. And I can I can say that for a fact. Would you agree, Spencer? Yes. I I used to be a little slower. It's and it's also your give a shit factor because I haven't played a lot of meaningful golf in years. So when I don't really care that much, obviously, you don't take as much time. But yeah, you just you can't do that. Well, so the situation was with the tour. The tour tweeted out. Uh, no, Shan- Kevin- I have it right here. Chantel McCabe okay. tweeted out. Kevin Na walking in putts does not get old. And then Grayson Murray steps in and goes. Kevin Na taking three minutes to putt them does get old. And then from the Ke- clouds, and- just out of nowhere. And then Kevin Na responds. And he didn't. The funny part about this too is. I don't know if somebody sent it to him, but he did not at Kevin Na in this one. So Kevin Na's oh, is so late that's night a red ser- flag. He's yeah, late well, night searching out his name. Too. Yeah, like if at least if you're gonna say that shit, you gotta at them. Like, don't be subtweeting on the tour. Yeah, that's, that's lame shit. He's looking for that that money. He's looking for that fucking pil the pip the pip <laughs> the uh, player impact program money. And then Kevin Na obviously said, "You're missing the cuts, getting old." And then Byung Hun An goes responds to that and puts somebody please call an ambulance for Grayson here with like two <laughs> two of the alert logos oh on my Twitter. God. And then this random dude Ron M from Twitter somebody goes on to Grayson Murray Murray's Wikipedia page and puts Grayson Murray died cause one fourteen twenty two from Kevin Na on Twitter. <laughs> Well, dude, and Grayson was not backing down. He he was, like, doubling down to the point where Colt Nose was like, dude, just cut the shit. Like, stop. Because did you – I don't know if you saw the tweet. Um, it was, like, a day later. It was when, two days later. When so, the pairings came out. Well, so first of all, he, he, he claps back to Kevin Na and said, if they penalized you like they should for slow play, you'd never make a cut either. So kind of back in the corner here. And then there's just some fucking funny-ass tweets that came out of that one. Responses. Somebody tweeted, I'm pretty sure Kevin Na's caddy is higher on the money list than Grayson Murray. (laughs) So people Uh, just taking shots at Grayson Murray. I actually think Grayson Murray took a sabbatical from the tour from, like, anger issues and, like, an alcohol problem. Not knocking it. Like, I'm very familiar. But, like, he has not played very good golf in the last... I think he won... I think he won the Arnold Palmer, or am I thinking of Ryan? I'm thinking of a different player. He's won like one tour event, I want to say. So yeah, like talking shit about a dude who's won about ten times the money you ever have on tour. Uh, I wouldn't call that a good play. So then it was two days later. Was there any more tweets you wanted to read out of that thread? Yes. Yeah, so, well, so this uh, basically what's funny about that too is Grayson Murray. Right when Kevin Na responded, you missing the cut is getting old. He tweeted, love it, little guy. Would never tell me that to my face. So those those kind of anger issues. Yeah, you're right. He's definitely like a big fight guy. Like he would definitely be the dude to fight somebody on the golf course. And he's kind of got that energy. Like 
I mean, his Twitter profile picture is him and Donald Trump, and I don't want to get political here, but that kind of lets you know what you need to know. Like, I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but Grayson's kind of like that frat boy, like Southern, just kind of a douche, it looks like. he. That's just what he strikes me as. I don't know the guy, but that's just kind of how I feel about him. And then two days later, he tweets at Taylor Gooch um, because he was paired. Taylor Gooch is paired with Kevin Na. Um, is it this week at the American Express? Yeah, he, well, no, it was from the, the Sunday round oh, at, oh. at the Sony Open. Okay. He said, if I were at Taylor Gooch today playing with at Kevin Na on 915, so he added him, I'd use the old at Brooks Kepka and go take a 15-minute porta potty break two holes in to get on the clock on purpose. <laughs> Which is actually genius if you're playing with a slow player. And so kind of explain what getting on the clock means. Well, so they give you a warning, um, and... Basically, you have to make up that that gap or catch up with the pace of play in order to not get penalized. And they rarely, rarely penalize players for slow play, which I think kind of sucks. Like you put that rule out there, you got to hold hold to it. You know, like there should be somebody with a clock with every group, like making sure they're playing in that allotted amount of time, because otherwise, why is that rule there? Like, why can you just drop in from the the clouds and penalize a random group like the kid from the masters um that won like the pacific amateur amateur i want to say like eight or nine years ago remember that like super crazy story he was like 14 or 15 and at one point he was like in contention on it was either thursday or friday at the masters and they penalized him for slow play and it was like the first time they'd done it in years and i don't know if they've even done it since then so it seemed very like picked out and like kind of almost uh, not stage, but pre um, what is that word? Uh, premeditated. There we go. Uh, so it's just kind of lame. Like either penalize guys or don't penalize guys. But yeah, so Brooks Kepka, being the gamer that he is, if he knows he's playing with a slow dude, he'll intentionally be even slower, and then try to get them on the clock to speed the other guy up. Which is genius, because there's nothing worse in golf than being in, like, an important tournament round, and there's a dude playing with you that is just painfully slow, because it stresses you out, and it makes you feel like you have to play quicker, which is bullshit. Like, it's not your problem. If you're playing in a timely manner, then you have nothing to worry about, but it becomes the whole group's problem at one point, because they can penalize everybody, which sucks. Like, I, I don't like that. Yeah, and so then Colt Nose finally claps in, and he goes, dude, what are you doing? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Just stop. And then Grayson comes back and goes, all fun and games, Colt. Don't act like you love slow play. And he and Colt goes, you trying hard for that PIP money early in the season. <laughs> and Grayson goes, no chance in hell I'd sniff that. I just like stirring the pot. You know me. I, I say what everyone is thinking. And Colt goes, yeah, but normally the people stirring the pot are the same in the ki- are in the same kitchen as the others. Oh wow, that's that's a good response. I did not see that. And Grayson goes, sure, he's had a better career, but doesn't mean I'm afraid to take a jab at him for being slow. Yeah, okay. It seems like he's taking it on the chin. I just didn't really understand it. Maybe just for people's entertainment. And and then he decides to go uh, at the very end. He's probably trying to get out of it, but he but he stirs the pot one more time and goes, y'all keyboard warriors take SH blank blank way too seriously. 
Same people that couldn't take Trump's mean tweets and now look at where our country is. <laughs> uh, okay, yep. I so, <laughs> he, what, he's, like I said earlier. He's not stopping. No, he's doubling down. He's sounds like me at the casino Friday night. Just keep doubling. Just keep, keep doubling down on your on your rough <laughs> on your takes dog shit, <laughs> and just keep getting bodied on the Twitter.com. So pretty good stuff. Uh, as we know, this three to four years ago, this would probably never have happened. Yeah, they just kind of keep it quiet, and I, I think well, obviously with the PIP money. But even like Grayson said, there's no way in hell he even gets close to touching any of that um, performance impact. Player impact program. Okay. Close. Really close there. Uh, Like, he's not touching it, but I think popularity in golf is becoming a thing. Like, guys want to be popular. And that doesn't always equate to playing good golf. Like, John Daly's still one of the biggest watches on tour, no matter if he's playing like shit or he's playing great. So... (laughs) The big boss, Brandon, just walked in, so uh, we're going to try to dial it back. Not at all. Uh, but, yeah, like, I think popularity is really a thing on tour now. Like, it's uh, it, guys want to be known no matter if they're 125 on the money list or number one. And especially if you're lower on the money list because you're obviously not doing it with your play. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and a thing with the, the money list and where those guys are at is, like like Mitchell just said, if you're – 125 on the money list but you're making you're getting sponsorships you're getting out there you're getting more money from being more outspoken and being out and trying to be more popular as a as a personal brand you know we see this with all sports right now like now that the nil deals are coming in college sports like these players the yes they care about their teams but they're also being recruited to schools that can make them more money and in college yeah. And so people are just trying to b- build their own personal brands. And, and I love it. I think it makes golf more fun. Like, it doesn't make it, like, yeah, are these guys going to fight each other? No, probably not. not Maybe we get, life. like, a celebrity boxing match. Get, yeah. We get, get Bruce Buffer involved. I mean, Nah lives in Vegas. He's right there. Find a ring, get, <laughs> get somebody, somebody to call it, and I'm in. I'd pay money to see. Kevin Nah would get his ass beat. Um, I don't know physically. Can we pull up what Grayson Murray's physical? Yeah, let, let's let's do a hypothetical on who would actually win in a fight. So I'll pull up Grayson Murray's physicals. You pull up Nas' physicals. All right, here we go. So Kevin Na, he's five foot eleven, thirty eight years old, weighs. Oh, he's from North Korea. Okay, that doesn't matter. Well, no, I'm I'm talking about like how big he is. Yeah, I'm just saying like he's actually it's 167 pounds. That's that's a small. That's a string bean. Yeah, he's that's a tiny thin. Grayson Murray's six one, two hundred pounds. Grayson Murray's big dude. Yeah, he's he's could play. Um, I don't know what position that is in football, but six one two hundred. That's like a corner, but you got to be fast. <laughs> Grayson Murray Grayson does not Murray's look fast. Not fast. No, unless it's ba- with his Twitter fingers. Yeah, exactly. That, um, that keyboard, those keyboard fingers are moving. Yeah. So I definitely, if I had to to, um, grade this fight, it'd probably be Murray minus four hundred, five hundred maybe. Kevin Na plus. 200 250 somewhere in that ballpark yeah and speaking of odds we have the playoffs this week in the nfl we're down to the final eight teams 
And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a huge offer. So counting down to Super Bowl number 56, which is here in February, you can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. All you have to do is bet $5 and you win $280 in free bets. And at that point, if you get $280 in free bets, your account, you will never have to put money in. As long as you bet smartly, you bet <laughs> the big drive energy, big bet energy bets. You go on to the DNVR bet show. You bet with them because they're killing it as well. So all you have to do is bet $5 and you're winning $280 in free bets. All I will say is I wish I had $280 in my DraftKings account right now. I had to make a deposit today. It does happen. Um, but everyone, even if you don't have the sports book available in your state, you can play for huge cast prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests, and they're giving all new customers a shot at a, a free shot at $5 million with your first deposit. So if you get the chance, head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook, use that promo code DNVR, and you're getting 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. So you're betting $5, you're winning $280 this weekend in the divisional round at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is once again an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. So 56 to 1 odds, that's pretty good. And we actually will give you um, 56 to 1 odds on some players this week in our Big Bet <laughs> Energy segment. But first, real quick, we were just talking about the height and weight of Kevin Na and Kevin uh, Grayson, Grayson Murray. Murray. But did you see this big motherfucker <laughs> that is making his PGA Tour debut this week? And, of course, with his size comes some serious strength. So, What's his name? His name is James Hartdew Prees. He is from 26-year-old from South Africa, and he received a sponsor's exemption into the field in 2022 and so he's 6'10 and he hits the ball a fucking mile so yeah, he's, he's like what 6'10 like 260 270 he was playing on the sunshine tour which talk a little bit about where the sunshine tour it's plays like a predominant or... mini tour in south africa um that basically you can get european tour exemptions from um, I think maybe a European tour card through the Sunshine Tour, but a pretty predominant tour. Like, it's no joke. It's tough to get on over in South Africa. Yeah, so he was leading. He's leading the Sunshine Tour in driving with a an average drive of, give it a guess, 324 up. 330. Significantly. 340 up. Three, what? 350 up. What? Okay, what the fuck? 360. Up. No. Average. Average. An average distance. Tell me. 373.7 What? That's that's average? Yes, so he... Okay, I will say one thing. I will say one quick thing. They do play at some altitude over in South Africa. Yes, and and they... This is from a Golf Digest article. They do specify that altitude plays a factor in the figure, but... The fact that he is 15 yards average longer than any other player on the Sunshine Tour. Yeah, that's pretty insane. So, and basically, he, this, uh, so let's see here. <laughs> he is the tallest. He, blah, 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 blah. He's the tallest golfer to ever tee it up at a PGA Tour event. 
That makes sense. But the weird thing is I saw a video of him. He doesn't look weird. Like, he looks tall, obviously, but he's not, like, goofy. No. His swing is pure. Like, it looks good. For 610, 260, he's averaging on this track man that they were shooting him on, um, some guy that was covering the tour, 211 mile per hour ball speed pretty consistently. And that's, see, like, we talk about Bryson and what he can do. His big milestone was 200 miles an hour ball speed. This guy is just taking a fucking Sunday stroll, eclipsing 210, like which is a significant difference. So what a f- specimen. Like That's unbelievable. Yeah, he's currently uh, 1,319th in the official world golf ranking. So, But him getting the chance to play in Palm Springs here at the desert, like, that's no huge. matter what, it'll be fun for him to or fun to watch it. Oh, for like, sure. I bet he'll get some airtime. Like yeah, watching like, his tee shots and stuff. The tallest player ever to play on tour, they gotta yeah. give that dude some airtime. Well, and that's the thing, is like it's actually really impressive, like that he moves it this far and he's that good at golf. Cause we've seen long drivers of the, the golf ball. Um Jamie what was Sadlowski. Jamie Sadlowski was like a long time, like undefeated world long driver. And he couldn't even make it on the Canadian tour. Like, he was actually, he may still be playing Canadian tour events. But for this guy to be playing this top level of golf while swinging it that hard is really, really impressive. Like, I think it's pretty understated, the fact that he's doing what he's doing. And I've never heard of the guy's name, so I'm I'm stoked to watch him. Hopefully he gets some, some air time. I think that would be badass. Absolutely. All right, we're going to finish this podcast up with some Big Bet Energy, a preview and picks for this week at the American Express. So that's a great name, first of all. Just There's no open, there's no classic, there's no yeah, tournament. It's, the it's just the American Express. Like, just slap down that heavy credit card with all that money on that it. That thick <laughs> fucking metal card that just makes that clanking yeah. sound. You know you have money when you got one of those. 100%. Like, you're not you're not. Or you think you... Or, or you're... Paying $800 a year for a credit card that you don't have any money on. Whatever. So this tournament this week is at the PGA West Stadium course. So Palm Springs, California. It looks a little deserty, which is kind of cool. Well, yeah, it's in the east. It's in desert California. Yeah, which I, I still don't think of the desert as the as California. Like well, California so, to me California just is seem... so fucking big that they've got mountains, the desert, the ocean, the forest. The, I don't think there's anything they don't have there. No, exactly. They amount. They, they Colorado. Even though we hate California, um, good good state for golf. Incredible state for golf. We for have sure. a bunch of members that always go down to Palm Springs. They always have to tell us about it. Tell us about every fucking shot they yeah, hit. What but a treat. If you don't know, your pros, local pros, don't care about that. I think we've, if we haven't mentioned that enough, um, you should understand that that's that's how it is. Don't don't tell everybody about every single one of your shots. But so this is designed by Pete Dye. And when he was this, these are the instructions he was given when told to build this course, build the hardest damn golf course in the world. Um, and he was told that by Ernie Vossler and Joel Walser, the developers of this of this golf course. So sounds attractive for the general public. <laughs> yeah, not probably not a fun course for your average handicap, 20 handicap to play. Um, probably not a fun course for even us to play. But uh, it's it's definitely a tough golf course, and so we're looking for players that are basically going to hit it um, consistently and hit it like not make you can't make a ton of mistakes here. This isn't going to be a course where you're going to make a ton of birdies, 
Um, you're going to have to cut down on the bogeys and make as many birdies as you possibly can. But Patrick Cantlay, who may or may not be in our picks here in a little bit, he has the uh, the lowest round ever shot out here, which was a 61 from last year. So it's, as you know, like some courses, you know, 59, 60, but 61, 11 under is the lowest round ever shot at this course. And the, uh, so if you guys don't know about course rating, course rating is basically giving a, like saying, you know, course has a 72 par or 71 par, but the rating of a course from each tee makes it, difficult more difficult or easier depending upon how long the tees are it's basically saying what your average scratch zero handicap golfer should shoot from said tees and the course rating of pga west was is a 77.1 and it's the highest rating ever given to a golf course by the united states golf association wow okay that's pretty impressive i didn't know it was that hard exactly because those guys always go low out there but i think it's because the greens are usually fairly soft It's like it's not the heat of the summer, you know, it's nice and cool out in Palm Springs, so the greens don't get all baked out. But, yeah, they usually go fairly low there, which is pretty wild. Um, But they also do play a few different courses the first two days, and then they just play PGA West or the the actual one course on the weekend, I know. I I can't name the other two courses, so don't ask. Yeah, and so uh, Tom Watson said he was sick and tired of Dye's radical designs after he played this course. Um, it made its debut on the tour in 1987, and uh, there's a columnist, Jim Murray. He wrote, you need a camel, a canoe, a priest, and a tourniquet to get through it. And Tom Watson also said, it requires you to execute shots that no sane golfer should be expected to play. Wow, so, so it sounds a little janky. It could be janky, or it could just be salt. There is a par three, I remember, on PJ West where the green is legitimately like 12 paces wide. It's just this big, skinny, long green, and it's only like 140, 150-yard hole, but it looks fucking hard, and there's water on the left, bunkers on the right. can't name the hole off the top of my head, but it looks a little janky, and especially with it kind of being in the mountains, even though it's a desert, I could see it being a little uh, less than... Less than your normal PGA Tour layout, let's put it that way. So Yeah, and it's got the... So they wanted him to design an island green, just like 17th at TPC Sawgrass. He said he didn't originally did not want to do it again because Sawgrass is just so iconic, and he didn't know if he could recreate something that looked as good as that, but he did, and it's, it's a great-looking hole. Super small green rocks all around it. They've got the American Express in the water, which... I'm going to tell you, like, I think that's one of the coolest things about golf tournaments. It's the lamest take ever. But, like, when they have the stuff that's, like, just barely hovering over the water, like, the sponsors, or it just makes it look so fucking badass. It makes it look clean, yeah, for sure. Like, I always think of the Traveler's Umbrella out at the the Traveler's out in, um, at TPC River Highlands out there in, like, Massachusetts or back east but they've always got the huge umbrella sitting out in the middle of the pond i just i agree i fuck with that yeah so lamest take ever the fucking cool little floaty things in the water make golf courses look way cooler <laughs> yeah 100 percent. no that's that fucking sucks but you know it's it is what it is you like what you like you like you like yep you like what you like all right so get on the DraftKings sportsbook and log in log in log in and so mitchell give us your winner this week so who's gonna come out and win the tournament in your eyes and why in my eyes uh i like taylor gooch this week i know um 
He played pretty well last week over at uh, – I already forgot what the course is called in Hawaii. Whatever. Um, played pretty well last week. He's on the come up like we talked about the previous week. Uh, young dude, really kind of sowing his oats out there on the tour, figuring shit out. And this is kind of the – it actually is a fairly stacked field like I mentioned earlier, but he's – I wouldn't call him lower tier, but he's definitely not a premier player quite yet. But I think this could catapult him up there. And uh, real quick, one time he followed me on Twitter, and I didn't know if it was a mistake or not. So I let him follow me for like 10 minutes, and I didn't follow him back, and then he unfollowed me. So I didn't know what that was. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he accidentally followed me. So uh, Taylor Gooch plus 2,000 to win the golf tournament. I like that. Love it. And actually ironically we i picked gooch as you guys know last week so we're going back to back gooches here we're we're, <laughs> we're we have gooches docking back to back weeks on oh my god the big bet energy segment brought to you we're by, going gooch to gooch we're going gooch to gooch DraftKings sportsbook hopefully we cash one of these out all right my pick for the winner this week it's a pretty trendy pick although as crazy as it sounds in golf uh, even the first week of the year when we picked for the Tournament of Champions with a much smaller field, there wasn't quite a small of odds for the winner. But this week, John Rahm is only plus 500, which is insane. But I'm not taking John Rahm. We're going one guy down to Patrick Cantlay. That is going to be my pick for the win this week. He is plus 900 on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Like I said earlier, Patrick Cantlay owns the course record at this course. Lowest lowest round ever shot on the tour at PGA West. Shot a 61. Came in real hot last last year on Sunday. Hoping for another week of that. He's been hot in general. Six tour wins. He won the FedEx Cup playoffs last year. Putting out of his mind like we've never seen before. Nothing since like Tiger Woods back in his prime. So... I'm taking Patrick Cantlay this week, plus 900 to win the American Express. I like that. I mean, he's he's as hot as it gets in golf, so you can't really go wrong there. Um, so for my top 10, I am taking Will Zalatoris, plus 400. He has not started off the year that well. He doesn't have a top 10 yet in five events. But he is top 30 um, in strokes gained off the tee. He's top 30 in approach. And he's top, uh, he's ranked 12th in strokes gained tee to green, 18th in, in total strokes gained. But putting ranks wise, he's 120th. So if he can get that putter rolling, he's a California boy from San Francisco. Um, I know it's San Francisco and Palm Desert are two totally separate places, but kind of a, a home event for him a little bit. So I'm going to say Will turns it around this week, gets his first top 10 plus 400. And that's pretty good odds, too, for the 37th ranked player in the world. You know what I mean? Like, that's not horrible. Plus 400 to top 10, I'll take that all day. Absolutely. So my pick to top 10 this week, if you look at his stats, there's nothing that jumps out of the board except for driving action. And I went answer last week. Yeah. So Sorry to no, we're going, bury we're, the lead here. We're but. flip-flopping, and I'm taking Abraham answer. Abe answer finished last year. Top five in this tournament at this course. He's ranked 63rd in the FedEx Cup right now. A scoring average just below 72. 
Um, but he is fifth on tour right now in driving accuracy. And I think that's going to be a really important stat this week. If you keep the ball in play, you keep the ball out of these crazy rivets and these crazy fucking areas that PGA West brings you. So Abraham answer is what's a rivet. A rivet is like those fucking. <laughs> I wasn't gonna let you get away with those that. canyons, bayous, rivets, bayous. Fuck it. Okay, you're getting even further off. Like, I'm just going into the weeds here. Like Unlike a, go- a, like a gulch is gonna do. Yeah, r- gulch, rivet, same, same. No. Um. So Abe answer is plus two sixty to top ten this week. I expect him to have back to back top tens, um, and maybe even win the thing. Hopefully, him and Patrick Cantlay are in the final group going into Sunday. That would be pretty electric. Uh. You're just gonna leave my guys out like that, okay? You don't not rooting for me. I guess my picks have done so much better. Spencer doesn't even want to root for my picks at this point, so that's fine. Um, We're just here to make the people money. Yeah, well, one of us is. <laughs> okay, um, my long shot for the week because it makes zero sense. I'm just gonna take it because it's fun. Alex Norin is plus sixty five hundred. And he has had a horrible year on tour so far. In four events, <laughs> he is not in the top 100 in any single stat except for scrambling. And he's a guy... No- <laughs> and he is sounds scrambling like his ass off. He, yeah, so, sounds like Spencer's game. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's having a rough go of it so far this year. Uh, really not doing anything well, so I'm going to pick him to win. <laughs> So I mean, he does nothing recourse. well. He scrambles maybe top five. So he's he, going to win. He's 47th in scrambling, and that's by far his best stat. Okay. Top 50. All right. Well, rough, but hey, sometimes he, that's why it makes you gotta no sense. You got to turn it around. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And my, my long shot, I was really hoping. I love to bet on this guy. Anytime I get the chance, I did it a lot at the end of last season. Uh, he's barely in our, so if you guys haven't listened to the Big Bet Energy segment before, he's barely in our long shot range, so that's plus 5,000 or more to win the tournament. It's the boy, it's the homie Ricky Fowler, and he is plus 5,000, right on the dot, and he actually, don't, I see the look on your fucking face, if you guys could see it, <laughs> he's, but he just told us that basically this guy he gave us has no chance, so uh, Ricky Fowler actually shared the 36-hole lead here at this tournament last year whoa so played some better golf coming down the stretch didn't play in the first couple events so he's fresh he's in california spencer didn't throw the disclaimer out there that he's on cobra puma staff and his checks just hit today so yeah i ordered all my shit today phenomenal shit coming from (laughs) cobra puma Um, yeah i order more clothes than clubs i usually just stick to the the baseline spending. his clubs are just decoration yeah oh yeah they're just they're just trophies they but yeah that's why trophies. spencer's got this affinity for ricky fowler that i can't seem to figure out well when he fucking wins this week and puts us up 50 units you'll see <laughs> i i would love 50 units so <laughs> all right 50 units would be <laughs> ideal all right so everybody make sure you get those picks in tweet us uh once we win a tournament this year with our, one of our winners, we are going to absolutely explode on Twitter. So just know that. Follow us on Twitter at Big Drive Energy. Follow each of us at Big Drive Spence at Big Drive Mitch. Had a great call with the people down in Phoenix today. Looks like we're going to be going to the Wasted Management, sponsored by DraftKings. They're going to have live betting there. It's going to be an absolute riot. We're going to show out for that tournament. Have you guys covered from Wednesday through Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. 
um, and hopefully pick another winner for that. So make sure you're following us on all the socials. Follow us on TikTok at Big Drive Energy and find out what you don't want to do in the pro shop. That's uh, it for us for now. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully with a winner from the American Express. Peace. Peace.